Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is the weekly show where we talk about all things money and finance and where we give you information to help you make the best financial decisions possible. So if you want to buy your first home, you want to be better with money, you want to learn how to invest, where to begin, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe. I'm so thrilled to have you here. So without further ado, let's get going with this week's show. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conversation of Money podcast. Um, it's been a very, very busy last couple of weeks. And last week you had me, just me, speaking with you, which doesn't really happen that often. Um, but this week I'm back with a guest. I'm actually back with someone who I've done a little bit of work with. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen that we did the Digital Wealth Conference together and we've got the whole money intelligence um, sort of umbrella together. But I thought it would be worthwhile bringing Crystal on just to talk about financial literacy, what we're doing on that, that side of things. And obviously just to kind of give an overarching view of what she does financial literacy as a whole and how she's an advocate for this kind of stuff. And we talk maybe a little bit about uh, money intelligence uh, through this as well. So welcome, Crystal. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. How's it going? Good. Yes, I'm good. Early morning recordings. We love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as we always do. So first and foremost, so most people who listen to this podcast do follow me on Instagram but I think a lot of them are from YouTube as well. So they may not have come across you. So why don't you just introduce yourself and just talk about what you, what you do just to, to get us started. Yeah. So I, I call myself a financial education advocate. I'm all things finance education, financial literacy. Uh, it's a passion of mine. Uh, by profession, I'm a chartered accountant and I have been working within finance in private companies for the last 10 years. Uh, but say about a couple of years ago, I kind of packed that in and dived straight into finance education and have assigned all of my time to initiatives that support that, including, like you said, Pete, working with you on money intelligence and a couple other things that I'm doing, which is taking up all of my time. Yeah. So, how, so talk to me about how you decided to pack in the accounting side and, and focus on this part. What was What was the catalyst for that happening for you? I think, how can I deliver this in the nicest way possible so <laughs> I've, 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 been, I've been working for you know these lovely big private companies um you know making them a profit and you know etc etc which is great fun but at the same time I was teaching maths and my personal you know financial situation was was flourishing you know buying property saving investing it's, it's doing great but those close and around me namely women um, from a single parent home, weren't doing as good. And I'm sure lots of people listening can relate. You know, if you've got someone close to you that needs to borrow money and you just lend it to them and then mm. often family, it gets quite sticky. Yeah. Uh, and that's what happened. So I had, you know, a couple of situations where it got really uncomfortable. And me being an accountant, me being very frugal, very prudent, very hot on my money, um, obviously I got quite angry. I'm ashamed to admit. Um, and then I think after that, I thought, actually, because it kept happening after that, I thought, actually, let me stop and just try to understand what's going on here. So I literally just took a step back, dived into research and realized that it's a, it's a global issue. You know, even countries that you think will be hot on this stuff, everybody's suffering uh, financial literacy. Um, there's a lack of education, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It affects women more so. 
um, so something ignited in me, and I guess because it comes from a family-related issue, I'm like, this is it. This is this is my life. This is this is what I'm I'm doing. Um, tried to jump into it, got cold feet, <laughs> fits took over. Went travelling for a year and a half, came back, and I'm I'm in. I mean, that was a couple of years ago, so I'm here for it. It's interesting to hear that actually, the fact that um, because you're right sometimes when it is family and close friends that are constantly and especially if you're the one who's doing well who are constantly yeah. at you for cash mm-hmm. it can be really because you get into this juxtaposition of right of you want to say no but you don't quite know how to say no because then there's that fear of well they they're going to think that you don't care anymore yeah. when at, in actual reality it's not an entitlement that they can ask you for help just because you're doing okay and it's even more than that because yeah, you're right, but especially if they, I'm, I'm not one to disclose how much I have <clears throat> across the board, whether it's assets, cash or anything, I'm very private. But people can see you're relaxed, you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the way you carry yourself, people are aware that you're, you're okay. So yeah, there's one the entitlement, but I think what happened is yes, initially I'm like, oh, I have to, and I, even though I don't want to, because I know they're not going to pay it back when they stay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then later, as I, I started to understand it better, I realized actually, no, me saying no is going to do good for them mm-hmm. because it's going to give mm-hmm. them the opportunity to to figure out life themselves and, and go through the mistakes and struggle and realise the importance of having an emergency fund, not buying the trainers when you need to pay your rent, you know. Mm-hmm. So me saying no actually helps them. But that's the hard realisation to come to. And uh, people I work with, that's something that we have big conversations about because you're not just being mean. You're not, you're, sorry, you're not being mean by saying you're not actually doing them a favour. Um, and not being their crux in that sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're trying to lead people to, I call it an epiphany, right? You're mm-hmm. trying to lead people to the epiphany of, ah, so yeah, actually, I do need I do need to make sure that I've got this covered, by the way, or I've got this in place. And it's like, it's that old saying that you can't, you, you can't lead a, you can horse. lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Yeah. And I think that's the subtle difference in, you know, things like coaching that you and I do. Yeah. Where, it's leading to the water and then with that realization that epiphany getting them to drink and understand the importance of things and it look i i've definitely had it with my family definitely and it is so 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 difficult it's really really difficult but took me years it took me years to because you know you realize actually this is not working for me this this arrangement that we have (laughs) Mm. it's causing me to suffer like for example uh when i bought my first property uh, back in 14, I lent, I can't remember how many thousands of pounds I lent literally just after I bought, because there's an emergency, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get it back in a, in a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, never, it's, my, never, it's never a month, though. Might just bought my first property. I'm, I'm terrified. I'm committing myself, you know, this green, ah, okay, but you need it, sure. Mm-hmm. I've not got it back. Yeah. Um, and that's okay, I'm over it, but it's, it's, I had to go through that to realize myself actually stop doing that. Um, but it takes time. Yeah. And I think as well, there's, there's always this thing that I've certainly come to realize through the years, the fact that you can help people, but at the same time, like in your example there, you just bought a property, like mm. literally just buying a property, you could have the boiler go the following week and you just, did. Learned, you did it. Yeah. Pete. Oh, wow. I bought- <laughs> <laughs> I did a live yesterday actually with a property lady, Faith. And yeah, yeah, my boiler went because I didn't get the full uh, check on the property. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing, right? I'm yeah. just 
No one around me had bought a property. I uh-huh. had no guidance, no one holding my hand. Uh-huh. Yes, straight away the boy the boiler was and it, I bought it in July, so winter was just around the corner. Boiler went, and I needed to do full electrics in the property. Wow. So I had to shell out like seven grand immediately. And you so, just yeah. lent out thousands of pounds as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, luckily for you, you, you <laughs> had some additional money set aside. But had you hadn't, you right. would be in no man's I land. Would, I don't know what would happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm sure many people who are listening to this will be able to re- relate in su- at some level. To mm, of course. Because I think we all have certain people within our lives and our circles, be that family, friends, relatives, where oftentimes you are the the port of call when yeah. there is a financial need, especially if you are doing well or if you are comfortable. Yeah. And this leads on to the importance of the topic that we were going to talk about today, yeah. which is the whole financial literacy. Of course. And how important that is. Yep. I, I, I did a I, I don't really want to reveal the entire content from the weekend for a piece of work that I did. Don't, for, people like surprises. Don't, don't. <laughs> but I'll touch on it very, very briefly, but I'll be interested to get your views on mm. the importance of financial literacy and maybe some of the things that you feel are standing in the way of real financial literacy and change in society. <sighs> Big one. That reminds me of the conversation we had uh, with, uh, someone was shooting for the Digital World Conference. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a, a cynic, mm. but who does it benefit? Yeah, People being educated on finance, you know, who does it benefit people not paying interest? Who, who's mm-hmm. going to, you know, the, the, the member of the public, these big institutions are not going to benefit. So then what happens to their business model? Mm-hmm. They'd have to restructure it in some way, which is a big change. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of the government, so back to you know government, if we put it on them, um, that's going to be a huge cost on both sides mm-hmm. because they're not going to have the benefit of people needing their support, needing their help, and borrowing and all that stuff. And then the investment in the educational piece as well. So it, it's hard, and that's where you end up with people like you and I and many others who are taking it upon themselves. Actually, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you. I think a, a bit like the work I'm doing um, with my um, BFD, an app I'm creating, working with housing associations and councils to educate their residents on finance. But you, for that, you have to attack, attach it to the need of the individual, for example, corporate mm-hmm. in this case. Um, you know, there's rent, a issue with rent arrears um, and legal costs of evictions, et cetera. So there's a massive need for their people to actually pay their rent. They need mm-hmm. that. Um, so they need that financial education piece in that isolated situation. But in the grand scheme of things, that's the hard part. It's associating, yeah. you know, it's really a good thing for people to be educated in finance, but it's it's convincing those people that, you know, if you change your business model, then it will work. And that's quite a big piece. Well, this is the thing that I've always sort of argued. And I think if, for anyone who's listened to like this podcast from the very first episode right until now, and watch me on YouTube and watch me on Instagram, I have a deep disdain dissatisfaction mm-hmm. with the financial services industry and i think yeah. for the longest time they've been allowed to set the status quo in terms of their business model and profitability and, and what i mean by that is you know you can just refer to how overdrafts and things mm-hmm. like that have been treated historically they take huge overdraft fees massive overdraft yeah. fees historically you know it's one of the biggest earners for the banks yeah 
and they're allowed to do that in the yeah. interest of profitability business yeah. profitability and the fact that these companies are employing people and mm-hmm. therefore there's that economic back benefit mm-hmm. but with that oftentimes things like overdraft penalty charges for example often will impact the most vulnerable and it's not in their interest to provide that education around how things work and how interest works and all this kind of stuff because they make so much money from it which then leads to the question of in 2020 how do we turn this around so that people have full vision of the impacts of their financial decisions mm-hmm. and who's going to take responsibility with the education because are you going to leave it with the banks are you going to leave it with the investment houses who are you who, who's going to take ownership of it and again this is where you and i come in because my dissatisfaction with the industry and how things have worked for the longest time has led me to to do this and mm-hmm. it's led you to do what you do as well yeah same and, and i think and that, that's what i'm saying i think that's the hard part is <laughs> convincing that it's it's a benefit and and i think there it's not only tackling for example in the workplace like we speak about you know employees and their mental state when it comes to financial worries and their performance at work and all this stuff financial worries has a direct input into the work that an employee will produce mm-hmm. yeah which absolutely directly, yeah which directly impacts the business profitability mm-hmm. growth etc 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 strategy plans you know hiring firing and it you know i could continue so there's a direct link there but it's a i think it's twofold it's one convincing them that actually the the cost benefit of that is significant mm-hmm. and something that should be addressed and dealt with and then <laughs> this is the kind of emotive side the human element yes yes you know we need to do you care about people if you if you care about people how much do you care about people put your money where your mouth is you know mm. And, and that's educate people for themselves to go off in life. And that's back to what we're saying about the fact that financial education is not a thing. It's, it's not compulsory on the education, you know, the schooling system. So it's for an employer to, to care enough and actually understand that there is a benefit. And I think that's the hard part because it's often hard to, to make it tangible. And it's, it's, a, it's a delay, isn't there? You educate them now and in time. Yeah. Uh, you but, know what? Everything you've said there is absolutely bang on, and it kind of leads to, into why we've done the whole money intelligence thing. It's funny because I was with a client yesterday, and he does um, so. His partner does like life coaching, and they were saying they were looking, they were pitching to um, to a corporate about providing some life coaching for their female staff around because obviously with COVID uh, and everything like that, domestic violence went through the roof, providing the support program. And he was talking about, well, the fact that they pitched it, they liked the idea, but the company didn't want to open that can of worms because 70% of the workforce were were women. They didn't want to open that can of worms because they didn't feel confident enough or comfortable enough to be able to raise that in the workplace and not have it impact perhaps morale, so on and so forth. And my argument was, well, by you doing that, that shows that surely you care as an employer. And mm-hmm. if you do have a number of your of your female employees who have gone through that, yeah. surely they're going to feel appreciated and they're going to hold mm-hmm. you in higher esteem and because be more dedicated can. to you as a business because you care to take action. And I think that same sentiment is true for 
financial literacy, financial well-being in the workplace. Because people spend so much time at work, they go to work to pay the rent, to pay the mortgage. So as an employer, the numbers are clear in terms of the benefit that it it can provide by you empowering employers. (laughs) But it is a question of, you know, corporates and companies need to get comfortable with the fact that this is something that they have they should take responsibility for and it goes back to this nice little getting comfortable feeling uncomfortable so for a you know director owner of a business who is looking to make such a, a decision yeah you're right it might be uncomfortable and i think it's for those <clears throat> directors or c-suite whoever they are to i think it requires a certain type of person which goes back to what i said about before you know you know there's the human element and there's the money side of it mm-hmm that type of person needs to be comfortable putting themselves in uncomfortable situations for the sake of their employees. Yeah. So as much as with this, um, you know, the domestic violence example that you gave just now, they may not be well-equipped, well-skilled, qualified to talk about this stuff. And that's okay. I think what's more important is they're creating the opportunity for their employees to get what they need and they can take a step back. They can even never have the conversation themselves if need be. But the fact that they're getting somebody in to give that to their staff I think is the key and same here with finance education you know like I'm now mentor for um, a creative mentorship program a finance mentor and you know thinking about all the I've used to work in creative kind of companies and you know it's the often known thing that creatives are not a fan of finances mm-hmm. yeah but the fact that they're getting somebody in who is a finance expert I think it's magical. That's what you need because you still need to give these people these tools and resources to go about and be successful financially. And it's not doesn't have to be on you as the owner to do it. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And 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 the the reality is that you need to provide. Well, when I say need, it is it's that apportionment of responsibility and that allocation of responsibility Mm. if you're an employer do you feel the need or have feel that you have the responsibility to equip your employees Mm. with the ability to be able to make the most of the money that they earn at work to be able to deliver or live the life that they want because this really is what's at the core of it I mean another I, I, I wrote a paper which we, we've got available on money intelligence where we actually had to look at the stats and the stats mm-hmm. were, you know, if someone is unhappy with work, they're one and a half times more likely to be looking for a new job, which yeah. then brings in the whole recruitment, staff mm-hmm. replacement, yeah, uh, staff retention, massive, <laughs> massive yeah. cost, right? So you've got that element to it as well. But there's also the other added elements that, when people are worried about finances, yeah. presenteeism, absenteeism mm-hmm. goes mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. the roost because, mm-hmm. because they're not focused on the job because yeah. they're worried about other things that are personal to them and it impacts productivity. Mm-hmm. It so many areas. And, it's and that can us- be quantified. Exactly. So the numbers are actually quite staggering in terms of the impact of, of some of these things. But it's like, you know, from an employer's point of view, do you see it as, have you explored it as an issue in your organization? That's the big question. And when I was doing the research for this, 
they 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 surveyed a number of employees and they said look we know that this may be an issue for people because even some of the directors they have their own financial issues so they know that yeah. impact day to day but the issue was well we don't feel as though we have the expertise to be able to deliver this or we don't feel comfortable talking about um, these kind of topics which is where the help basically comes in where the assistance um, is same required. as life coaching yeah exactly same as life coaching um, and I guess it's an interesting sort of dynamic because you would think again that you would get this at school but you mm-hmm. don't so you have people adults in work trying to earn a little money I mean the amount of people, amount of people who don't really understand what's what's in their employee benefits package and how to use it yeah. effectively you know those it's, kind it's, of things yeah and it's it's it's, it's real and when I, I had a I recorded a show with a HR manager just a couple of, like last week or so. And she was saying the same thing. She was like, you know, part of it is just reiterating to the employees, this is what you're entitled to. This is what's included in your benefits package. Do you realize that you can get money off when you go to this shop, mm-hmm. you know, which you go to every week. And it's like, it's, it, I think it's about bringing finance money to the forefront of your life. And a lot of people don't and aren't. It's it's kind of a oh we get paid we just pay for things. I don't look at my bank. Put it over there. Keep yeah, going. yeah. But no, we need to bring that to the forefront. You need to make your decisions with that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a whole you know the whole taboo piece of finance and talking about money. You know the fact that people don't. Then it's the whole okay now be open to being educated. Then it's okay get educated. So there's quite a few layers to it. And to be able to be educated, you have to be comfortable. You know, you have to feel safe and not ridiculed, not embarrassed because actually you've got this much debt or, you know, whatever. Um, so there is a bit of a process. Yeah. You know what? Everything you just said there, especially when it comes to the whole point of, you know, um, people feeling embarrassed and and uh, mm-hmm. people feeling like they're in a safe environment. For yeah. everyone that I've coached so far, because I get everyone to feeling like a feedback form, there's with everybody. Mm-hmm. There's they've always they've all commented on the fact that they were nervous going into it because they didn't yep. really know whether um they it was i don't want to say a safe place but they felt nervous because they were um reticent about how they were going to be made to feel mm-hmm. in terms of are you going to be looked down on or yep. are you just going to be spoken to like a human yep. being and and made to feel safe and i think that is so 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 important hey. Do you know what? And it, let me not be emotional here and, and passionate overly, but it's such an important piece. And and if I'm if I'm honest, as a personal, like this is the main area I care about when it comes to finance education. Yes, there's the actual, yeah, you've got to know this, the knowledge piece behind it. But for me, it's all about the behavior and the mindset. And, you know, as polite as I can say, there are people out there who are educating about finance so aggressively. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole... You, they're being too rough with people a lot of people they don't know this stuff they they weren't brought into the world with a manual their parents didn't teach from school we know didn't so mm-hmm. you can't be rough and i say that as well because i've been teaching maths you know not related not related since i was 18 and i think where i've been so successful and again <laughs> it's funny you were just saying that i was like yes pete toot your horn not tooting my horn but in all honesty where i think i've been so successful is because my approach is calm is easy the first couple of lessons in maths which at first it seemed a bit weird but no it's about creating a safe environment so people can laugh and joke with you be mm-hmm. easy when they get something wrong make a joke hey what are you doing i know you got that you know whatever it is yeah. just to create that 
So then they're open to learning. If you don't tackle that barrier, you're not going to get anywhere. The actual yeah. education piece and remembering facts, knowing what this, that's easy. Anyone yeah. can remember stuff. We're humans. We've been able to walk. We know how to brush our hair. We can memorize stuff. That's the exactly. easy part. It, it comes down to the behavior and, yeah. and the mindset. Yeah, it's the human part that matters it's the most. The human part. You know what? It's something. It's something that Tyrone said. Um, mm. That you have to meet people where they are, where they are. on their yep. specific journey, and this is so so true. Like, even even behaviors, they're rooted in something, right? Yep. So these behaviors or mindsets can form habits. They then manifest in the day to day things that you that we do with money, with our cash, yep. and how we treat it. So you have to have a human element to your approach with it to understand, okay, as a person, where are you at? What yeah, matters to you? That. And connect with that because there's no point in telling someone you need to do X if you don't give them a good reason to do it. And the best motivation to do something is an intrinsic mm-hmm. reason of value that is core to That's them the as a person. Personal motive, a personal motive that attaches to something. Absolutely. And, and that comes from... And like Tyrone said, going going to where they are right now, then you can create that journey to where they want to get to. Because exactly. then it's a clear path, as opposed to just jumping in, hey, this is what you need to do. You need to get here. Press yeah. that button. Huh? What? Where am I? I don't understand. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? That's been the biggest thing that I think, having been in the industry for like for, for so long, mm-hmm. that there is this impression of, Oh yeah, but if you work in finance and you're a financial advisor, you're one of those guys, then you're stuck up, it's stuffy, it's very old man-ish and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Whereas I, I, I'm a firm believer this needs to be bought into the 21st century. It needs to be more human. And the industry is the way it is. And you know, I am qualified financial advisor, I step away from it because this is what I'm passionate about. And financial advisors are not gonna do this work. And, but, but, but it's funny what you say about people think that the whole space of financial advisors and stuffy middle-aged white men and it's true mm. it, it's true same with my space you know when i was heavy in finance and go to events and networking all this stuff just a bunch of white guys and mm. it's it's unfortunate mm. because they looked at me like why are you here why are you yeah, sitting yeah. next to me on the row yeah. <laughs> what are you doing yeah. here so you've but, got to fit in you've got to fit in so mm. For, for other people to be able to, you know, for everybody, not, you know, anyone, black, white, whoever, to feel comfortable on whatever social class level to to learn from them or it, it's hard because it's a barrier. So, yeah, I think it's about opening up that barrier and, and making it accessible to everyone, which comes to going to the level and understanding where you are and making them feel safe and that whole yeah. process. You, you know what? Everything you just said there kind of like speaks to the whole representation argument. Mm-hmm. and yeah. i don't mean representation as in like you have to have black people or asian people or something like that yeah, it's, yeah. it's people simply seeing someone that they can relate to it can connect yeah There's that they can connect there. with mm-hmm. like what's the average age of a financial advisor in the uk it's old it's old i think it's like <laughs> yeah, like that, right? and yeah. Jax is probably the youngest Amazing. youngest financial professional that i know right Beautiful, there yeah. aren't enough younger people coming through and the, w- the reason why that is important is because the age groups between 24 and 40 are earning way more money than any generation before them yeah right? really good mu- really good earnings good disposable income and now investing in the market and doing all this stuff is so much more accessible yeah 
but there's no education to help them, to guide them. Yeah. And yeah. The, the original place that you would think to go would be to go to your bank, but they're yeah. not providing those services at the moment no. because of the way that their business model is constricted and, and reduced down. You can't go to a financial advisor because financial advisors typically will be looking at 50 grand for them really to spend their time because they're all self-employed. So that's commercial. Yeah. So where do they go? There's a gap. Again, mm. Yeah. So there's a gap. But again, it's about that representation and them being able to see someone that they relate to, which is why it's so important to have younger faces that they can say, mm. okay, yeah, he looks like I can definitely relate to him. He, he, he looks in my demographic or he looks in my age group. And yeah. that is so, so important when we talk about this bigger piece of financial literacy and empowering people's financial decisions. Yeah. And it, it has to be seen as an area that somebody can go into, learn about, explore, because actually, I'm, I'm not a weirdo. I'm not the only one. I'm okay. You're okay. I can come to you or, you know, create a little community. And I, mm. I think it's so important. And more totally. importantly, without trepidation as well, without mm. the trepidation or the fear that they're going to be judged or made to feel small because they're not experts in a field that they have no business being an expert in, in the first place. It's because... such a thing. It's, it's such a thing. When, and whenever I pick up a new client or I work with somebody new or talk to anyone new, you know, about this piece, there's always the, oh, but, ah, I, I don't know, I'm embarrassed, ah, I'm rubbish, ah. And it's like, hold up, hold up, slow down, mm-hmm. yeah? Nobody knows this stuff. There's a few of us who've either gone out and learning or have been in a career that actually is in line or, you know, there's an odd person who may have had a parent teach them, but you're normal, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually. So don't feel bad, don't be embarrassed, actually. And then, you know, the transitional piece is realize that you are here right now ready to move on. You're winning. That's yeah. it. That's like yeah. that's like 70% of the job. The fact that you're here ready to learn and take and, and you know the step in the right direction and learn something new. And and that's what I do. Part of the process is giving them that push, picking them up, like then they're just comfortable and they feel good. They're like, come on then, okay, yeah, let's do a budget sheet. Yeah, let's go for my bank account. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm scared, but let's do it. <laughs> you know what? That that transformation is actually very, very rewarding and seeing it's that lovely. as well. Because it's that whole kind of like, you know, when you're a kid and you want to try something out for new and you're just unsure but then yeah. you do it and it's like oh yeah that was okay and <laughs> yeah. then you get more confidence it it's kind of like that of you course. kind of you kind of see people's confidence grow and be like oh so that means that and this and it's like mm-hmm. there we go and I love sitting back and just watching people's transformation <laughs> through the process of that because it's like after it all it's like okay cool you've definitely got the foundations in place yeah. to help you build and go on for 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 the future. It's amazing because I had a consultation this week with um with a lady, a twenty four year old, and I tell you what, like when I was twenty four years old, I was not thinking anything like the way she was thinking. Like I was doing some madness, and she <laughs> has got her head screwed on so Beautiful. much. I was just like, this is amazing. Like, and to be fair, because I sent like a full like document, a thirty one page document. I said, listen, consultations. Mm-hmm. I want you to get the best out of it. So take the time to fill to this in. Mm-hmm. She sent it back like three days early, fully complete. And I looked at it and I was like, who is this girl? She's she serious. Had, she had her finances in a way better space than I ever had it when I was 24 years old. Right. At that point I was bouncing checks and overdrafts and yeah, getting yeah, into yeah. debt. Yeah. Literally zero debt, minimal outgoings, huge emergency fund. And she was talking about, you know, I've been self-employed in my life. I want to talk about pensions. I want to talk about building for the future and retirement. It's amazing. Like, that is amazing. Who is amazing. are you? Are you human? <laughs> yeah. you know? and, and, and that's beautiful. And, and I think that's a big sign for the change in times. 
you know, because because finance education or finance as a topic, sorry, is being talked about more, not enough, nowhere near enough, but it's increasing, it's getting better. So you have people like this and because of social, because there's different jobs, you know, there's so social job thing. And, you know, there's so many things that it's reaching the younger generation, which is where we want it really Yeah. to start sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I completely agree. I mean, and I guess that leads us really nicely onto what's going on and what we're doing with money intelligence and the whole purpose behind that. Yeah. Because I think I'll let you speak about it really to a part of it because you're the guest of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah in terms of, you know, the approach for it is kind of like double pronged, isn't it? It's, you know, part education and part doing some of the stuff that we're talking about with corporates and, you know, trying to improve financial well-being in the workplace and impacting people there, adults there working. Um, as a- I think, I think it's, it's beautiful because it's funny, like with the other piece that I'm doing with social housing, that the issue I had, you know, and then this is only half of the model, but the issue I, I had is you want to educate people, as many people as possible, you know, the masses. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so unintentional, but, you know, it's natural. Okay, so um, let, me, let me just let the listeners in, in on that little joke, right? <laughs> so the name of the, the brand that Chris and I have is called, is called Money Intelligence. And the strap line is money intelligence to the masses. So the reference to the masses is just kind of like a little inside joke there. That was, that was, you know what, I might actually try and find one. That was really, very good. (laughs) Um, Yes, the intent obviously is to educate the masses. And it's, you know, everyone's in a different position. Some people are like what we're saying, the directors of these companies that, you know, great incomes, but are just making bad decisions. Then you've got people who are really struggling, are, you know, really low income and struggling to make ends meet because they're making bad decisions, whatever. And my uh, struggle has always been, how do you get this education to them and not charge them ridiculous amount of money? You know, especially the lower bracket. Mm -hmm. The ones Mm -hmm. who are a bit more, okay, fine, they can afford that. But so, you know, the the half of our model where we are going to be working with corporates to get them to fund us to educate their staff, I think is absolutely beautiful because like we're saying, you know, we just spoke about just now, the whole double pronged, it's it's the, you know, it it makes sense for the business. Mm -hmm. And then also it's, it's, it's a human element like surely you care about your staff and, and a lot of these companies do you know you have all these other benefits <laughs> you know paying for staff parties and all this amazing stuff okay that same money also allocated to finance financial well-being because that is very important when they leave you when they've stopped drinking they go home to their family surely you still care about them mm-hmm. you know you want them to have a safe um sustainable lifestyle etc mm-hmm. uh so yeah that's obviously half of um, what my intelligence is about and then the other half is, is just generally to the public um, and you know holding events physical digital and educating them about um, you know fine education which will involve us bringing in corporates bringing in you know business professionals experts to come and deliver that information whether it's a talk or a workshop or whatever it may be but again like we just spoke about it's about creating an environment that is comfortable that is safe so people come and it's not a stuffy suit and tie mm-hmm. you know stiff event where oh my god we're talking about money and numbers oh do i need mm-hmm. to you know i'm talking to barclays barclays are over there and i bank with them no it's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. supposed to be a comfortable environment you know make mm-hmm. it fun but actually you're still you're still making the right decision by coming and opening your mind and being ready to to learn and take things away and go in action um so yeah i'm really excited yeah you know what i just want to elaborate on one thing that you said there in terms of just on the company side the corporate Mm -hmm. side of things of the work we're trying that we that we want to do with corporates Mm -hmm. 
and the fact of you know do it's caring about the employee beyond you know Christmas parties and perks mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff so for many years now um, mental health has been high on the agenda for a lot of your businesses yeah. and they've made a conscious effort to make mm-hmm. sure that they have um mental well-being programs built into things like em- employee benefit packages right Absolutely. i feel though that within all of that there's a disconnect in one very very important area and that is the fact that people who have financial worries are 4.6 times more likely to suffer from depression mm-hmm. 4.1 times more likely to suffer from anxiety and stress yeah and stress so when you consider those two things impacting mental health directly you're providing you know other things that deal with mental health you're not actually addressing one of the root causes mm-hmm. of that mental health Precisely. and i think that's a really really important kind of point to highlight because you don't you don't kill a weed by not taking up the roots mm-hmm. you know you got to take yeah. up the roots to really yeah. kill off the weed and part of the, what we're trying to do there is really, really important. And the numbers, again, are really, really clear in terms of the impact. I mean, you know, employees with financial worries are 12.4 times more likely to not finish their daily task, and that reduces productivity. So it's asking mm-hmm. the question of the business owners, look, how does it actually impact your business? Have you looked at this? Do yeah. you have an idea? Of, I mean, I won't mention the name of the company, but as you know, I've been in financial services for 15 years. I've worked for a wealth management firm, right? And I talk about this kind of stuff all the time because I'm passionate about it. Like, yeah. you know, importance of a pension and investing yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I remember sitting in a department for a wealth management company and people were like, what's a pension? And it's, like, and it's like this company prides itself on managing wealth for clients. And you have a whole team of people who have no idea what a pension is and why they should be paying into a pension and why That's it's important. Heartbreaking. It's actually heartbreaking. It's a massive failure. It's a failure. And it's like, Mm -hmm. what are we doing? What are we actually doing? Even within the financial service industry. Exactly. That's it. For themselves. That's it. That's the focus. And it's really, really important that we try and turn that corner. And that's part of what we're trying to tackle. And it's, 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 you know, just talking from my, my Money Monday head or, you know, Crystal head of, you know, I work with people who are starting business and you know it's about setting up your finances your personal finances and being ready with your business finances to go and launch you know doing cash flow forecast and all that exciting stuff you know when you're creating a plan for your business so again linking with the corporates you have a business plan you have a forecast you have a budget for different areas in the same way that you're going to be mega efficient with your energy bills the same way you're going to be mega efficient with where you're renting your office and what makes sense because you have to be in this location for the sake of your clients but then you don't you know all those decisions Financial well-being and educating and, you know, making sure your your staff are in a position to be able to deliver what they need to deliver for the business. To It's all linked. It's mm-hmm. all the same. It should be considered in the market the same thing. What's our program for our staff, our staff's well-being, all-encompassing, mental, mm-hmm. financial, all of it? You know, and then, yes, you have the investment in the whole, the parties, and that's all inside. Yeah. It all comes under the same umbrella. And I think that's what needs to get out there. That's what people need to realise is, 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 is all in one. Yeah, particularly after everything that we've been through with COVID as well and the financial upheaval that that has meant for many, many people. And I know that business itself is going through Mm -hmm. a little bit of a a difficult patch right now. But moving forward, 
it's really important that that is at the forefront of the mind in terms of, okay, so how do we actually help our employees? Because believe me, if an employee cared about that level of, right, how are you going to make sure that the money that you earn here goes the longest way? And simple things like just telling people what's on the employee benefits, you know, yeah, what yeah. are the perks? What's going to save you money? What's going to make you money? Even simple things like that. And even on the downloadable, there's a few pointers that we give try and make it available in the show notes of things that companies can do right now to improve financial well-being. And they are very, very high level stuff, things that can be implemented without too much hassle. Um, but I think that's really, really important. Yeah, totally. And again, just, just on what you're saying, I think this links back to what we said earlier about, you know, corporates, employers, it's not a matter of them having to know what to teach, what what needs to be told. It's give it to an external expert to do it you know yeah. there are so many things out there that are accessible to everybody and not everyone knows it and, and that's fine but you know the same way you invest in an accountant or you invest in a sales expert sales like whatever invest in somebody who's going to come and deliver that because it, it makes sense completely absolutely. absolutely so in running this off where do people actually find you for the things that you're doing so i have couple things i've just created a new website trying mm-hmm. a new website crystalmcgillfree.com um i don't know if you're going to leave that link somewhere i will do i'll leave it in the show notes there's a lot of letters in my name <laughs> <laughs> but under crystal mcgillfree i've got like an education center for money monday where i provide coaching um i'm working my way through building a course um and i have a bunch of resources on there as well that people can download um and take advantage of uh, outside of that, yes, obviously we have my intelligence together, um, which is obviously very new and very exciting. And there, I'm also working on, like I mentioned, a company called My BFD, where I'm working to create a uh, a platform to deliver finance education to mm-hmm. social housing. Um, you know, to tackle the whole rent arrear issue, uh, legal costs. That's ridiculous, and it's really. I mean, we haven't spoken about it thoroughly, but looking at the numbers and how it's so severely affecting these um housing providers it's 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 actually crazy Mm. um and there's been so much research into how finance education makes a massive impact yeah you know it's just and a lot of it is just about building habits and and knowing what's out there um and then you know just generally um i'm all for finance education so things that come up i'm i'm excited about it like i now have a radio show um, I'm now a mentor for a a creative um, mentorship program. Um, that's like a year long program. I'm a charity trustee. There's a bunch of things I'm doing, which is all about maths and finance because yeah. that's where my heart lies. Good, yeah. good. So I will leave sh- uh, links to uh, Crystal in the show notes. Make sure that you follow on it. What's your Instagram? Uh, Money Monday UK. Okay, so make sure you go and follow Money Monday UK and reach out with Crystal if you want to work with Crystal or any of the the stuff that she's mentioned there in terms of the house association bits and pieces and everything. Um, And yeah, you're going to hear more about money intelligence as we roll out um, more events. We've got some things already planned um, after the first one, which was, which went really, really well. Um, So, you know, thank you so much for joining me for this one. Really good conversation. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Great fun cool so guys i hope you enjoyed this one a little bit of a different kind of perspective and i think hopefully that's giving you a little bit of uh, an insight into crystal i know you've heard this from me before but if you haven't then it gives you an idea of what i'm all about as well um but thank you so much for listening to uh, this episode 
I do need to ask one favor. Um, this podcast is is charting really, really well on Apple. So if you've enjoyed this, please make sure that you leave a review. Give me uh, a good review. Um, so it just helps me move up uh, the charts. That will be much appreciated. If you've not checked out the YouTube, it's a conversation of money, all one word. You can find me on Instagram as well. I always welcome questions on there. I always make sure that I answer and respond to every single DM that I get. So until next week, guys, have a good week. Catch you soon.